Welcome to FemLead, the podcast on female leadership and role models. Prepare to feel inspired and better equipped to navigate your career path. I am Alexandra Chabotaru, your host, and together with my guests, we will tackle a new field of work in each episode. The aim of this podcast is to deep dive into career perspectives and strategies to navigate your desired path for success. Enjoy! This episode is supported by Spaces. Spaces is more than just a co-working place. What makes Spaces so unique is the community that we've been working to create. Add an international network of mobile workplaces and see how Spaces keeps you engaged and open to new opportunities at spacesworks.com. Hello all, and welcome to a new episode showcasing amazing female leaders and role models. Today's guest is an ardent promoter of female entrepreneurship and has been recognized among the top inspiring women in the Nordic tech scene. She leads Dell Technologies in Central and Eastern Europe, covering 31 countries from Israel to Poland. Having joined Dell as marketing director for the Nordic countries in the year 2000, she has since pursued an international career within Dell marketing, holding various regional and global roles. She has been in charge of Dell's CEE business since 2013. She oversees Dell Technologies Entrepreneurship Initiatives for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa, and is a member of the Danish IT Association Board and Chairman of the IT Association Steering Committee for Female IT Executives. In 2018, she has been appointed the Chair of the Digital Skills and Jobs Coalition Governing Board at the European Union. Ladies and gents, please welcome my guest for the day, Anja Monrath. Welcome, Anja. What an honor to have you here. Thanks, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Um, I want to say that I've been following your work for a few years, and uh, for me, it's been really inspiring to see how you have navigated your career. And also, um, this year, you're again nominated for uh, Nordic Women in Tech Awards, this time uh, as Diversity Leader of the Year. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thanks. But prior to that, you've also won uh, the year before. So it's really amazing just uh, to keep seeing your, your career development. I really want to discuss with you today um, your career path, because for many young women and men today, having mm-hmm. a corporate um, career, it's something that they really want to navigate properly. And they have really high expectations of how their career can look like, right? So I want to start by asking if you've ever planned your career, if you knew that at some at some point you, you're going to become an, an SVP? Um, yes, I did. Um, um, so, you know, there's, there's different types of people and what works for one does not necessarily work for others, right? So, so what we're going to be talking about is a little bit of my experiences and my career path and the way that I've done it. Um, And I hope that's going to inspire some, but it may not, you know, be the same path and the same way of doing things. Right. So. So back to your question, there are like two types of people, the ones that plan and do like to do lists and the ones that just go with the flow. And in the end, you may actually end up exactly the same place. Right. Um, But there's just different ways of, 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 of getting there. So I've always had a plan. Um, I had a plan on what I wanted to achieve by when I wanted to achieve it. But it's not like I was stuck in, you know, pursuing that pattern and it had to be that path. Um, But it kind of gave me direction. 
And it motivated me to, to knowing that if I want to do this by that time, then I should probably just do a little bit of like planning backwards and say, if I want to do this at this point of time, what should I do now to get me there? Um, and I also believe in the more you have a clear path lined up in your mind, the easier it is for you to articulate what you want to do. And if you articulate what you want to do, you can articulate, you know, what help you need. And then, you know, people can help you. So um, very long answer to a very short question. But yes, the answer is yes. I did have it kind of laid out in my mind. No, but I love it because I feel that, um, you know, right now, many of, of the listeners of this podcast are young and they do not know uh, maybe this is their first job. And they they look at you and they're like, I want to be an SVP uh, when I proceed with my career, right? When I navigate my career. But is there something in your upbringing that you think made you uh, decide to have a plan? Was there any any lesson or any model that you had in, in your uh, childhood or growing up thinking, okay, this is somebody that I really look up to. And if I really want to have this sort of uh, you know life, I need to start planning or looking towards a specific path. Um, I, I, I've had definitely had different role models in my childhood and, and, and in my career, but I wouldn't say that any of that actually made me be a planner, right? I think that's that's just my nature. I really like the fact of, of or I, I don't know if I can say I like it. I need the structure in my head to know what I need to do by when I need to do it. Um, and, you know, my friends um, and family are really making fun of me still because I am a to-do list person, right? I, I do structure things. So I think I've always been like that um, from, from early childhood of kind of like, hey, if this is what I need to do, then I need to do it like in these steps to, to, to get, get to that. Um, but, you know, back to, to, to what we spoke about is like I, I have uh, friends that have been you know, going around doing trillions of different things, taking um, maybe a, you can call strange, it's not strange educations, but educations that are not naturally leading you to, to any, you know, senior roles um, and, and getting there anyways, right? So, so if you're not on a clear path of education right now, don't go, oh my God, I missed my whole opportunity to become whatever I want to become, because there's trillions of ways to get to, you know, the goals. And many people even don't know what the goals are before they, they get there and they land and they go, wow, this is this is where I like to be, right? So, um, so I think there are different ways of getting there. There's no wrong and right answers in, in, in this. In hindsight, is there any lesson that you um, wish you knew about when deciding your, your path, for example, university? Not anything that is like really like um, crossroads kind of like type of thing, but but I would say that um, if if I were to give myself an advice, it would be not to worry so much about things and not to um, be afraid of making mistakes. And and it sounds so you know mundane for for old people like myself to say that, but. And I know that when you're younger and more uh, insecure and more ambitious, it's like it sounds like, yeah, that's easy for you to say. Um, but but it is really that one thing. It's like that there is 
there is no risk in making mistakes. You can, you know, just go ahead and and and, and make the things that, that that you're passionate about, and and don't be so worried about things. Um, but but I wouldn't say that there were any like crossroads um, in the path. You touched on something that I really planned to ask you in this interview, and I'm I'm gonna continue with it because I think it's a natural transition. So. Most of my environment focuses on having a, as you said, a plan, but also trying to get there as fast as possible. We see around us role models that by the age of 30 are mentioned in Forbes, and it creates this competitive idea that by the age of 30, you must know what you are good at, and you must know um, that you will be a role model or that you are a role model for your environment. And I feel that for some people, this is putting a lot of pressure to perform into some maybe unrealistic uh, paths. Maybe it's not meant for you to be the CEO of a company by the age of 30, for example. What do you tell people that really feel like they're running out of time because they look at the, you know, the, uh, the environment? And what is your advice for them if they want to navigate a corporate career where things don't happen overnight? Yeah, so I think, you know, the first thing, you know, you mentioned the uh, Forbes 30 or something, you know, just remember, it's like, it's 30 under 30 or 40 under 40. Just think about that in the context of like, I don't know, seven, eight billion people on the world in the world, right? So it's not like you look at that list, and then you think, Oh, my God, why am I not on the list? And all look at all of these amazing people, but it's not all of these amazing people, right? It's it's a very, very tiny um portion of, you know, the, um, it's like the Usain Bolt, um, you know, 100 meter uh, sprints kind of like, it's not everyone that's going to get on that list. That does not mean that you're not going to be, you know, super successful. You may just get there when you're 31 or 32, right? It's like, um, so I think we need to put things in perspective as well sometimes and 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 stop putting so much pressure and ambition on ourselves. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, there is there is different times of of, um, of 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 peaking in your career, right? Um, and and nobody says that in the age of thirty you should have accomplished everything. Um, you, you're going to continue learning, you're going to continue developing, and um, and you're gonna you're gonna experience different things at different times in 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 your career. Um, I, I would say. You know, in in corporate in corporate life, um, there is there is um, in in some corporations there is a, a a path, and you have to do this before you can become that, and then you have to have this experience before you can you can become that, and that's going to take time. Other places um, are probably more risk taking in giving young people opportunities, and um, and there you can jump. Jump things and 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 really you know get get ahead, but but there is also I think maybe a time and a place for things. So let me give you an example. I was 23 when I graduated Copenhagen Business School. That's pretty young for you know for graduating university, right? Um, at least in Denmark, not not necessarily everywhere in the world. But so at age 23, I started my first corporate job. And um, and I was in uh, in IT sales um, after a couple of months, and um, and that was not necessarily 
you know, having the, um, being a 23-year-old young girl, I'm probably going to say, or young woman, coming out in a male-dominated IT environment and trying to convince them to invest, you know, thousands of krona, millions of krona in IT equipment. And they just looked at me and kind of got like, like, so what do you know about anything? And and I, at that point of time, my age was actually counterproductive, right? It's like, um, it was very, very difficult for me to, to gain the authority and the respect. I learned a lot from it because I learned that I needed to overcompensate on, on that. Um, but at that point of time, my age was actually a little bit difficult for me. So sometimes, you know, it's rushing into things is not necessarily going to make life easier, um, easier for you. But if there's anyone from the corporate world listening to this podcast as well, and not just um, not just young people, I, I would say take risk on young people, right? Because somebody took risk on us when we were young and gave us opportunity. And I think the best thing we can do is is, is sometimes, you know, taking somebody that's young and and bringing them forward and not waiting until they get a lot of experience, but just, you know, believing and, and giving them opportunity. Mm. So nurturing also the younger generations that are ambitious and they really want to perform and show that they yeah. can yeah. in spite of all the other um, experiences you might have had. I really hope more people listen to this because um, I feel like there should be still a balance, right? So in many organizations, um, it's it's great to have young people who have maybe another perspective on things. And it's great to have uh, experienced leaders who know exactly what to what direction the company should take. And looking at your career path, um, you've started in um, a corporate, as you've mentioned, very young, and you've spent almost a decade before moving to Dell mm-hmm. and had uh, several uh, several uh, roles in the meantime. What was your, um, let's say, lesson prior to joining Dell that you think helped you, you know, start that path of, you know what, from now on, you know, I I know I can plan my career and I know where I would like to go. Um, What is something that you discovered in the first few years of your career that made you realize, you know, this is really the path for me? And I'm asking this because there are people who, even if they have a very good path and they have good roles in other companies, they don't see themselves as being able to progress to that role that they m- maybe really want, like SVP or I don't know, C-level in a, in a, obviously in, in a few years, but they don't see themselves as being able to do that. And maybe it's lack of confidence. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, um, not really a lot of uh, ex- ex- experience or expertise to understand how that works. But what do you think they should maybe consider? Mm-hmm. So, so if I were to, to give you one example of, of things uh, or things from my, my first couple of years where I really got some um, ideas on what I could and could not do. It's like I worked for Digital Equipment Corporation. It's a, it's a company that doesn't exist anymore. At that point of time, it was the second largest IT company in the world, uh, just following IBM. Um, it got acquired by Compaq in, uh, in 98. Um, so in 
in in my years in in digital, I I worked in sales um, in for the first many years, and um, I was a young, ambitious salesperson, and and I felt that um, I didn't really get the marketing support that I needed in my job, and um, I decided on my own to you know first of all I I probably um, was very vocal around it. And, and, but then I decided, Hey, there's so many things that I can do to compensate for that. And, um, and I started building my kind of like own marketing campaigns or CRM systems in, in, um, in Excel sheets and things. Um, but I took initiative. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm just going to do this because nobody else is doing this. And, um, and I think that, I learned that there's there's way more to be done in most companies than people actually to do it. And you shouldn't be limited by your job scope or your job um, title or if there's something that you can engage in and you can do um, that's going to help, you know, both the company uh, forward and yourself learn and develop, right? So in many cases, people get a little bit... Um, tied up in, hey, that's not my job, and uh, nobody else is doing it, but it's not my job. It's like, if nobody else is doing it, and you want it done, and it's not your job, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for you to engage in it, and actually get it done, and learn something from it, and, you know, and and bring things forward. So, um, rather than focusing on whose job is it, it's like, hey, can can I engage in this, and can I learn something from, from doing that? And I think that I learned in my first years that there is way more to be done than people to do. And um, nobody's going to say, hey, no, 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 we don't want you to do that. Nobody else is going to do it, but we definitely don't want you to do it. Everyone is going to go, hey, if nobody else is doing it and you want to do it, go ahead, you know, be my guest and, and do that. So taking the initiative um, and and driving things. And, and I think that... Um, that learning from from back then, when I started building my own CRM systems in Excel, that helped me in my many years in in Dell later of going. There is no limits. If nobody has done it, and you know you need it done, go ahead. You know, try and and get it done, and um, and that has definitely helped me in my in my career. Mm. And I think that links very well with. Um basically expanding your role if you don't have the setup that you think you need in order to do even a better job because maybe nobody else has you know I don't know the the skills or the time to think about that specific role that you might see you know adding to your to your uh, position right now I think that's very um, very good advice for people who feel like they're in companies where they don't get enough support uh, which happens especially in startups and it's, like you said, a great opportunity also to progress and show that you have more skills than maybe what you were hired for. Yeah. So very, very nicely added. Was there, um, you know, what's the what's the best piece of advice that you got in your first year of uh, navigating your career? So before you knew that, uh, you know, this is a path that I would want to take on. When you started marketing look different. You said yourself that you started with marketing campaigns. Uh, you started looking into CRM systems. 
that's still something that companies look into today, you know, deciding on the software, deciding on the campaign. So it's like ongoing work. But what was some um, the best piece of advice that you received navigating your first years of, of your career? So I um when um so so was definitely you know the, the the most important piece of advice was you know believing in in yourself and having that self-confidence and you know not not holding yourself back. And that is so much easier to say than actually to do, right? So when I say that to you to to young people and even not necessarily just young people today, um and, and I say, don't hold yourself back, you know, let your voice be heard, um, trust yourself and your opinions. I, I can see and I can hear myself saying it and I can see myself in their eyes and going, yeah, that's easy for you to say, right? And and I still have situations where, you know, I'm holding myself back and I feel insecure and I think everyone does that, right? So so I, I think that's, that's always going to be a piece of advice. Um, but um, I, I always laugh when I get the question because I had a boss a couple of years ago that always always in um and um in, in the in the most um nice way when when I was about to go on stage and do something or about to go into a meeting and do something, he would um he would just look at me and um apologies my language now, and he would just look at me and say, Don't get up. Right? And that was um uh, and he didn't mean it in the way of, you know, he meant it in the most loving way. And that was just his way of going, hey, you can do this, right? Um, so every time I'm being asked, what is the best advice I've ever got? It is basically don't f*** it up. That was, that's the best advice I've ever received. But that when, when, when I think about that, every time I need to go and perform, I just think of him and I think of when he said that and I know that he meant Hey, I know you can do it. So don't mm. put any, you know, boundaries um, and constraints on on yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, moving towards your career path uh, now to becoming a senior vice president, I want to know um, what were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome. You had a plan, but obviously your plan will not work from the first try. Um, you probably need to go and ask for things every now and then, right? Um, What were some of the obstacles? And then we're going to deep dive into how to to deal with them if you're having the same uh, trajectory. Yeah. So, so I think there's, there's, um, there's definitely a couple of things. So, you know, it would not be, um, it would not be right for me to, to go through all of this without talking about being a woman in IT, right? Because, I would say definitely throughout my career, um, the, the the whole gender thing have been in some cases a little bit of a, an obstacle, right? On the other hand, it's always also been a great opportunity for me to stand out in many cases because I was the only woman um, or the only female in in the room, and and um, and hence easier to remember and to recognize, right? But but I would say in the in, in in many years of my career, there was a there was a and, and there still is many places. There was this austerity view of what a successful leader was, or what a successful leader do, and how they behave and how how they talk and um, how they articulate um, problems and, and solutions. And and if you're not that, if you're if you're a different type of 
you know, leader, then you may not have been seen as the stereotype successful um, leader. So, so I would say that has definitely been an obstacle. And, and I had to learn to, in, in some cases, adapt to be in the environment that I was in. And also in some cases, just um, feel grounded in being myself and saying, I, I, I just, I am who I am, the way that I am. And then, you know, I will eventually convince people that that's okay. Um, and, and maybe even better than, than, than okay. So I would say that's one part of it. The other part of, um, of obstacles, so to say, um, is in, in bigger organizations, you, you, you will, in many cases, unfortunately, run into politics. And you will run into, you know, this whole environment of promoting uh, promotion paths. Um, you know, there's multiple people on paths. There's not that many spaces for promotions. And, and, and you, you may run into politics. And, and the politics may be, you know, bad bosses that are not that not um, grounded, that are not feeling confident, that are not able to, to you know, um, promote themselves and their teams and then get into politics with other bosses and you may get caught in that. Um, and I would say I experienced that in my career as well. Um, so, so there's kind of like a little bit of politics um, and then the whole um, bias um, that have existed and to some extent still exist against uh, women in, in business. And for women listening that have this exact feeling that um, let's say they're not promoted because the idea of the next uh, role to fill is not them. What do you, what do you tell them? What can we, how can we navigate this setup that it's obviously extremely uncomfortable if you know this is the reason but what can you do to navigate that setup? Yeah, so first of all, I, 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 I need to say that be careful about not just defining that as a reason, right? Um, I've had career conversations with, um, with both uh, men and women, um, but um, it, let's, let's stick to the women example in this case, uh, with women that would say, I didn't get promoted because I was a woman and they promoted this man instead of me. And, and I could sit back and say, hey, I, I was part of the discussions I, I, and I can tell you, that's not the reason you didn't get promoted. The reason was that he was better than you and you're not ready, right, at this point of time. So, so there is also the risk that, you know, it's easier maybe sometimes to, to gravitate to the explanation of there's all of these things happening to me rather than this is what I can do to change, right? Um, so that said, because this is not just about women leaning in. I think that there's um, a lot of women that are leaning in all the time and then still not getting uh, promoted, right? So um, I, I would say that, you know, if if that's the sense of you are in an organization where there is a lot of unconscious bias and and you're 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 being stagnated in, uh, because of that, you know, obviously speak up and have conversations around, you know, what can we do to change the environment. But if you can't change the environment, go pack your stuff and go somewhere else, right? 
um, life is too short for 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 you know companies that are not supportive of a diverse and inclusive culture. And with the uh, hunt of talent that um, that exists in 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 today's world, you know companies will change if if good talent disappear because that it's not a diverse and inclusive environment over time they will change um but you know you don't have to waste your time while they figure it out right so try and change the environment if it doesn't work pack up and go somewhere that that actually will do that um but focus on you know delivering the right results focus on your own skills um don't focus on what the world is doing to you because then you can get into this victimized position that doesn't help anyone Definitely. I've recently had a live Q&A with a previous podcast guest that talked about the victim's consciousness and this idea of putting yourself in a situation where you think you cannot get out of, which is not true. So I definitely think that uh, your advice is very well received for those who feel like maybe it's not their place in the organizations they're in. What, uh, what do you think about... Um, you know, looking back and in hindsight, is there something that uh, you would do differently navigating your career and knowing all of the things that you know now? And let me give you an example. Um, there are young women now who work in, in corporate and let's say they've been with the company for three, five, seven years. However, they do not have that support uh, to be, uh, you know, given different opportunities and they feel like they could be able to deliver if they were given that opportunity. For those uh, of the listeners who do want to navigate the corporate ladder and who do see themselves uh, staying with the company, but they don't know what to expect from the company, they don't get the support of, we will continue to invest in you because we really like you know what you do. And it's not that it's not true. It's just that maybe they don't find the support at, at the in the current situation, what do you advise them? Like what maybe not necessarily to do something, but the mindset or how do you, how do you feel they should look at this situation that they're in? And I think there's a couple of things. Like one, one thing is ask for help. And, um, and I think, you know, you said maybe they are and they're not getting it, but then go ask again and go and ask somebody else. Ask for Ask for help, not in the way that you can't, you know, manage yourself, but ask for sponsorship. And I think that there's a difference things between, you know, asking for coaching or asking for mentoring and then actually asking for sponsorship. Go and ask people that have influence and say, hey, I need you to become my sponsor. And, you know, I need you because I understand you can't sponsor me before you know me. So I would really like you to get to know me. Um, because I, I need your help in, in sponsoring me in, in, in this organization. And I've had great mentors, but the, the ones that have had most influence on my career have been the sponsors, the few people in the organization that said, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to fight for you because I know you can, you can deliver and I know that you're the right one to, to go and promote. So you know, speak up and ask. Um, and most people are actually going to be super helpful and, and supportive. And if they're not, you know, ask for honest opinions, right? It's like, what do I need to do for you to be comfortable of sponsoring me, right? And, and, and then having that conversation. But the other advice I would give is, is really don't take anything personal. It's, it's not, 
it's it's really about you know the job you do um the outcome of of that it's not about you so when you get feedback it's not you not being good enough but sometimes maybe the output and the job you did was not good enough and and that's okay you're going to learn from that and hopefully not do it again over and over again but learn from the mistakes but but don't take things you know personal and and i think in the first many many years of my career i took things very personal if if i got negative feedback on something you know i would be devastated and emotionally that hit me very hard until you know i i got to the point where hey i'm good enough and that's me but sometimes you know the outcome of what i did was just not good and i need to learn from that and and, and do that better Mm. What was the biggest surprise of your career? Ah, the biggest surprise of my career um I think the biggest surprise if I were to think about what I know now versus what I think um when I looked at it is life uh is work life balance. I think that I thought that you know the uh the the more um the higher in the corporate ladder or the bigger job the more workload and the harder it's going to get and i think the surprise that i actually realized is that the more senior you get the better your work life balance gets so actually the more responsibility you get the bigger team you get you know the more senior your role is the easier it gets to navigate all of that part of it is obviously because you get more experienced uh part of it is you get a little bit less stressed about things and 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 deal with with the things but a very very big part of it is you're much more in control of your time and um and that makes it possible for you to decide and you know structure and schedule your your work um and then you know navigate that balance with with your non-work time as well. Mm. So if you were to say that the now in an executive setup um would this be the most rewarding activity of of working in this setup the fact that you have a work life balance or that you've reached a level of work life balance you didn't really uh, expect? Uh, I no I would say it's, no it's definitely not the most rewarding part but it's a very very nice benefit um side side effect and side benefit of 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 reaching that level I would say the most rewarding thing is um is being able to to see the the organization develop um it's it's the influence you can have through your leadership on other people's lives and and hopefully having a an influence on other people's lives in in the right and good way um and impacting their lives to develop and to do something better that is definitely for me personally the most rewarding thing thinking about advice for people who see uh, we've touched upon it a bit earlier but people who see their career as it must be a maximum 2 years role in this company or in this specific uh, specific setup because if not when i go to the next challenge they will say i stayed too long in this uh in this role right so right now there's this well there's this setup in certain tech companies or not necessarily where at some point you you've been uh, you've been asked why did you spend four years in this company and you only had two changes of position right so obviously <laughs> this is a bit um 
different than in some corporate setups where, you know, you need to stay for a while just to understand the different uh, particularities of the job. What do you tell people that really feel this pressure of always looking for the next thing and they're never really satisfied with staying uh, more than a year or two in a position? What do you tell them in hindsight? Well, I, I think, you know, um, it, it is, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? Um, and I think you can get to the, the career ambitions uh, without having to do tons of sprints, but to, but do a marathon. And in some cases, you go a little bit fa- first, uh, fa- faster. In some cases, you go a little bit slower. Um, you do lateral moves. In some cases, you may actually do a step back to do a lateral move to then go up. It's not necessarily always a straight line up or a spiral up, right? Because sometimes, you know, there's there's different ways you can you can get to um, to the to the same um, to the same positions. So so I think that's that's definitely part of it. I in in uh, in Dell when in I've been in Dell for twenty years, right? So I've definitely um, exceeded my two years or four years of. Uh, but, but we definitely had the same thing. We would rotate people more or less every two years. And if you look at, you know, my my uh, my uh, CV in, in very detailed, because I've collapsed a lot of the roles together, uh, otherwise it becomes very, very long, right? But, um, but if you really look at it in details, you will see those two years kind of like rotations. Um, I think it's great to get you know, good experience and move and do a lot of, of, of things and built on your, your toolbox. On the other hand, you need to stay long enough to actually start contributing in your role, right? And the, and the, and the risk is, and we, we more or less know that, for the first six months, you're in a learning mode. You're, you're, you're learning more than you're actually contributing. Then you start contributing in, in your role. And then at some point of time, you peak. And then you stop learning, you start adding new value, and then it's time for you probably to move on to something else, right? Um, so it's it's about finding that perfect time where you're you're peaking, where you're you know, and then start leaving before you start deteriorating your your impact on 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 what you um what you're doing. But if you're on the move way too fast all the time. You're actually never going to find the right balance of contributing and you know, and 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 learning or moving, right? And um, and I think it's important that to find that balance between hey, now I'm learning mode, now I'm in the contribution. It's a balance, and when it starts, you know, being out of balance because you're not learning anymore, you will stop, you know, contributing over time, and then it's time to move on to the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. But rotating way too fast, you're never going to actually prove that you can deliver something. And I think that's important too. Definitely. So to consider the fact that um, at the end of the day, you should also prove some of the work you've done in your roles in order to be able to go on to the next one and and continue to, to impact. Were there any situations for you? Actually, I'm sure there were, but were there any particular situations where you had to go, um, so to speak, through fire, a very difficult setup for you? Um, there are different, you know, challenges in, in navigating a, a career. And what what would you tell people that 
sometimes are in these very difficult situations where they really feel like this is it. Like uh, I'm in such a such a setup where I really feel stressed and this is a very difficult situation. It can be anything from, you know, now with COVID, a lot of managers have had to lay off a lot of, of their employees and it's a very difficult setup. What do you advise people that listen to this interview and that see your role as really, you know, contributing to the conversation? So I think, you know, the, the difficult situation can come in many, many different versions, right? Um, you mentioned um, the COVID um, current situation with the pandemic. You know, obviously, that's that's a very, very special situation. And that puts stress on everyone. And, and the thing to remember here is, you know, in normal leadership situations um, or just in normal life, you know, when you when you have a difficult situation at work, uh, people would then, you know, gravitate to being, you know, your home and your family being your safe heaven, right? That's where you can go back and you can get some energy and then you can cope with the stressful situation at work. Sometimes, you know, they, the home environment is a stressful situation um, and, um, uh, and uh, you know, people going through uh, divorces or breakups or illness. And then work becomes a little bit of a safe heaven where you can kind of like go and, and get your mind off. Or you have your friends and, and society and sports and you know, so you either have like your family life, your your society, friend life, or your work life, and and normally you can find a place to go and get a little bit of energy. And this Corona situation is very special in the in the sense that there is none of these three places that have been not stressful, right? So there's been stress on the work, stress on the family, with children being at home, everyone working from home. You know, you were deprived your opportunity to, to be with your friends or do sports in fitness centers and things. So there's been maximum of stress in all three layers. So I think it's a very, very special situation that we can't really, you know, put a lot of advice on other than, you know, maintain your per personal health by exercising and eating healthy, because then we know that's going to help no matter what. It's like, take care of your, your body, right? So um, so that's, that's uh, one part. But other situations with being in, you know, in difficult situations in, in the career, I learned, uh, and I have definitely been in, in difficult situations throughout my career, but I learned that, you know, the more stakeholders you work with uh, and the better stakeholder management you do, the better positioned you are. Because if you are limiting your um, your area of contacts and influence and, and relationships and some of those get stressed you have a limited you know portfolio of people to turn to the better you are at stakeholder management the better you are at managing a bigger group of people and engaging with a bigger group if you get stressed in in one area you can always turn to someone else <clears throat> and get and get help and support from someone else. And I think I learned at some point of time in my career, I was so focused on delivering and doing the right thing and doing what I've been asked to do and, 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 and working that, that I forgot managing you know, the whole environment of stakeholders. And when that working relationship with my boss 
did not work out. And I have been so focused on just that. I, I, I realized I didn't have a lot of others to support me around. Um, so, so just continuously just making sure that you, you manage stakeholders. Um, that gives you so much more people that can actually support and sponsor you. Definitely. You've shared so many great pieces of advice, and I hope that listeners will find it very useful, not only in navigating a, a corporate career, but also if they have, you know, any sort of uh, unclarities about their setup, and they don't know how to navigate generally their life and career. Is there anything you would like to sum up with for the listeners that maybe you wanted to mention in throughout the, the interview? Um. No, I think I think we covered most of of, of the things. Um, actually, you great great questions and uh, um, in in guiding this, I I would say that you know most uh, companies really need young talent. Um, not most, every company needs young talent. And and in Dell, we've done a lot of things with um, reverse mentoring, having young people mentor. Uh, more experienced leaders uh, and 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 educate more experienced leaders in you know a lot of different things from you know social media usage um, to you know new things that have been developed developed in research and other things that you know you have learned in in throughout your educations. Um, so there's so much that young people can contribute and you know just don't hold yourself back. Um, you know, go in, believe in that you can you can do it. But just remember that it is a marathon. You're not necessarily going to make it in the first year after graduation. That does not mean you're a failure. That's just very, very normal. You need to get in and get some experience. Um, I would say don't fuck it up, as my, uh, my uh, previous boss said. You know, just believe in it and that, that you can do it. And then... If there's one piece of advice is just remember, no matter what, it is just a job, right? So, you know, do what you really like to do. If you're passionate around it, you're going to be good at it. Um, but it is, in most cases, just a job. I love my job, but it's just a job. And if it's not that, it's going to be another job. So don't let that identify you and, and be, you know, your identification of who you are, because it's not. So I would I would leave it with that, I think. How powerful. I love that you've mentioned that. I feel that sometimes people are really drained to feel that their job is also their identity, as you said. And then they don't know what to do when they don't have that job or when they realize the job is not what they want to grow into, right? So thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for your time. It's been such an honor to converse with you. And I'm sure that the listeners found it very, very, very insightful. I hope you felt inspired to take charge of your next career move. Remember to review this podcast and share your comments. Thank you.